On our program today, we have Keen Spellman, who's the administrator at Grady Memorial Hospital. Keen, good morning, good, Mr. Plummer. Good to have you back on the program. And we also have in the studio today, Dr. Bob Buchanan, uh, new general surgeon at the hospital. So, Bob, thanks for coming in today. We appreciate thank you, it. Thank you for having me, Mr. Right, Plummer. So, yeah, good well, to be here. Welcome to town. If thank you, you haven't been welcomed just yet. So, uh, Keen, just talk about recruiting uh, Dr. B and uh, what it took to get him to, uh, to come to Chickasha. Thank you, George. You, yeah, Pat. Uh, as most of our community knows, that um, we have always been very selective, and when we try to bring a new practitioner onto our staff, uh, regardless of specialty, but with general surgery, um, we needed to find somebody who would complement our very fine surgeon, Dr. Patel. Uh, you can't find better than Dr. Patel, and so when we identified Dr. Buchanan, uh, he had all the elements we wanted. He had small town experience. He had a breadth of uh, strong positive background. Uh, nice family man, ready to roll, and really had just the right opportunity for us because he was looking for the kind of practice that we offered where his broad skills would be useful. And he's a small-town boy that wouldn't be tempted to go to Oklahoma City because we've uh, we interviewed a lot of surgeons, but they want to live in Oklahoma City mm-hmm. and take care of patients down here. And just doesn't work in general surgery. All right. So, uh, Bob, talk about your background a little bit. Small-town where? Where'd you grow up? Um, I grew up in uh, the state to the south, uh, Texas, uh, a little town called Blossom, Texas. That's up in northeast Texas. If you know where Paris, Texas mm-hmm. is, a lot of people didn't know where that is. Pa- uh, Blossom is about 10 miles to the east of Paris, uh, about 12 or 15 miles south of the Red River. Uh, when I was growing up in Blossom, it had 500 people in it. So everybody knew everybody, and everybody knew everybody's business. That's right. That's what so, happens. Yeah. I'm a small-town boy. And uh, so, uh, what attracted you to medicine? Actually, my great grandfather was a uh, doctor, uh, and he was a, a country doctor in the early 1900s, late 1800s. And I remember my grandmother telling me stories that when she was a little girl, at least six or seven years old. Uh, he would go out on horseback to make to like to deliver babies in mm-hmm. the winter time, and her job was uh, her mother would heat up water on the stove. Uh, he she'd have to go out and pour it on his legs when he came in from riding the horse because his legs froze to the saddle. Wow! When uh, <laughs> when he came back home from delivering the baby uh, in the winter time, and so she'd have to, so he could get off the horse, yeah. she would pour warm water on his legs to dissolve so they yeah. stick them from the saddle so he could get off the horse that's a great story it really is yeah because it's in his blood yeah, it sounds like medicine's it, so. in yeah. his blood <laughs> so what did you get serious about uh, uh were you in, did you always want to be a doctor or did you become on middle school or high school or um actually when i was in um i guess i was a freshman in high school I actually wanted to be a veterinarian, mm-hmm. and one summer, I thank God, I, I got a job helping a veterinarian, the local veterinarian out there in uh, Paris, and I quickly found out that that's not what I wanted to do for the rest of my life. Um, so I decided to go and uh, do pre-med, and so that's what I did, and then uh, once I got into uh, medical school, I kind of liked surgery and like the uh, anatomy classes and things like that so that's what sort of plus i have the personality for surgery i'm more problem oriented problem focused i see okay and uh, texas a&m uh, yeah, went to undergrad at texas mm-hmm. a&m 
and I uh, did my medical school in Dallas, UT Southwestern Medical School, Parkland Hospital, um, and actually did my residency at University of North Carolina at Chapel Hill. Are you a Tar Heel then? Or? Uh, well, I actually got to be a college basketball fan when I was in Chapel Hill because you've got to be. That's right. Uh, Pretty there, much. Is, there is no choice. It's uh, like having to be a football fan in Texas. That's correct. Um, Although Baylor and Texas are doing pretty good at basketball too. So yeah, yeah. So, but uh, nonetheless, yeah. So anyway, I got to be a um, um, pretty good basketball fan when I was in Chapel Hill, and uh, so then I uh, moved to Texas for uh, back to Texas to Paris for about five years and practiced there, and uh, moved to Georgia. To be closer, I met my wife in North Carolina, mm-hmm. and she wanted to be closer to her family, so we moved to Northeast Georgia, and stayed there for about twenty-five years. And uh, so, all right, and then uh, all of a sudden, here comes uh, here comes Keen calling, I guess, huh? Yeah. Well, actually, what happened was the uh, the economy kind of crashed in Northeast Georgia because of some political mm-hmm. NAFTA and other things like that. Right. And so I moved to Arkansas for four years and a little small town hospital and they got into some financial trouble and then right, Mr. Spellman over here. So did you kind of find Chickasha or did Chickasha find you? Um, I guess sort of Chickasha found me. Okay. I was um, I wasn't really, I was looking for a small town practice because I, I don't like to live in big cities. Mm-hmm. Um, and you, I put my resume out on the websites on the internet, uh, mm-hmm. for, uh, uh, recruiters to find and the recruiter that was representing his hospital found it and uh, called me, put me in contact with him and, uh, and, and the rest is history, rest I is guess, history. right, Keith? So what'd you think about, uh, Dr. Buchanan when you first met him? Oh, I immediately liked him, and uh, you know, if you meet his wife, Francis, she picked a pretty good guy, and I always assess physicians on their spouse, frankly, uh-huh. and so I was more interested in her than in him, but uh, not really. But the uh, <laughs> but Francis is, uh, and this is true. When I have when we interview at the hospital, we have a whole team of people, uh, because what we try to do is find uh, uh, physicians that are uh, both medically competent but also interpersonally skilled and 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 the spouse makes a huge difference on that score and so she's a big asset to him but the other other reality is that dr bob personifies what's been going on like with the north carolina you know these hospitals that like we've run here in chickasha um, it's not just one community versus another all these rural communities are getting hammered by the cuts and the reductions and the challenges and so he he he'd live seeing what a, a poorly managed hospital would do when it closes. It's a it's a major impact, and so what he was looking for was a a, a good, relatively strong rural hospital. None of us are like super strong, but that the community supported because he had to find other positions because the hospitals were closing around him, and so that's kind of a sad reality that good quality rural surgeons they could be the best doctors in the world, but their hospitals could still close. Mm-hmm. So talk about your first couple of visits to Chickasha and uh, your initial impressions when you got here. Well, actually, <clears throat> to, be, to be quite honest with you, my wife was concerned because she'd never heard of Chickasha. Right. She didn't know what I didn't were. hear about Chickasha until I got here either. So. Yeah. So, <laughs> you know, we had we had no idea what to expect. Right. Um, but I, 
we've been very, very impressed with, uh, I think the most, the thing that impressed us the most was the friendliness of the people. Everybody was very welcoming. Um, and the other thing that really impressed me is there's a lot more to do here uh, than you would think. Mm-hmm. Uh what my wife really likes there's a lot of good restaurants to eat at, so yep. she doesn't have to cook. <laughs> so that's that's a good thing for her. Uh, of course, I'm, now I'm going to get in trouble because I said that. <laughs> yeah, well, that's okay. I get in trouble all the time. <laughs> uh, but I really I love Chickasha. I mean, it to me it's a perfect blend of uh, a small town and you've got access to a big city within 30 minutes or less. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't couldn't want to live anyplace else right you still have family i guess in the, the t- paris area or? i have some cousins and uh live in the paris area mm-hmm. uh, my wife's family is mainly in north carolina mm-hmm. and i have two stepdaughters one lives in uh, uh athens georgia where the university of georgia is uh she's a pharmacist um and the other one lives in uh, raleigh north carolina all right so you've actually got a, found a place to live here locally Right. Yes, sir. Mm-hmm. Good, good. And I know that's a challenge that the community is addressing uh, keen, trying to find a nice home for for good doctors. Well, I'd have took a, my neighbor into selling yeah. her house to him. So oh, there I guess you go. That, you, know, yeah. it's always, you know, it's a neighborly yeah, town. You know. Yeah, I can uh, throw a rock and hit his house. So, uh, you know, he can come down and check on me, send the drones over to check right. on me. So November, you got here November uh, when? Early uh, November? 18th. Okay. Um, just before Thanksgiving. All right. So you got to experience the Festival of Light. Oh, what, yeah. That, my wife was extremely impressed by mm-hmm. that. Um, our, her uh, sister-in-law is coming to live with us. Her husband passed away here recently, and she's come. she lives in North Carolina, and she's coming to live with us. Uh, and my wife can't wait till next Christmas to take her to shore the lights and everything. But you see the leg lamp. Uh, I haven't seen the leg oh, lamp okay. yet. Oh, okay. Well, that'll be that'll be another attraction you can okay. uh, you can visit uh, this coming festival of lights. So. Yeah, when I was at the uh, uh, chamber of commerce thing the other night, yeah. the, the lieutenant governor was talking about a leg lamp, and I thought, what on <laughs> earth is that man talking about? You saw a picture of it. <laughs> All right. So that's another story in its own. Yeah. So that's going to be that's going to be great. Talk about Frances a little bit. What does she do in? Uh, she's uh, a nurse. Mm-hmm. Uh, as I said, I met her in North Carolina. Um, I like to tell the story, and this is really going to get me in trouble. Um, the residency program I was at at North Carolina rotated through. Um, North Carolina had a, a big hospital called Dorothea Dix Hospital. It's in Raleigh. It's um, They have a uh, system of hospitals for uh, the mentally challenged mentally impaired people in North Carolina. They've had it for 100 years or more. And this Dorothea Dix Hospital um, is a big uh, hospital in Raleigh and has a medical surgical unit that serves that population in the state. And we rotated through there as residents. And I met her. Uh, she was a nurse working in that hospital. That's where I met her. And I like to tell her, tell people I met her in the psych hospital <laughs> and, and she was a patient. That really makes her mad. I guess so. <laughs> You like to but, live da- dangerously, but, but doctor. All is well, and been married yeah. how long? Uh, about thirty years. So, very good. Congrats. That's very good. Well, let's talk about your practice a little bit. And uh, you get up, uh, you get called in all hours of the night. Matter of fact, just recently you got called in for a very an emergency surgery. Yeah, last right? night about midnight, uh, I had to go in and do uh, surgery on a lady. 
and uh, things turned out good. Good, good. We like to hear that. So uh, just talk about what a general surgeon does, and obviously generals is pretty, you know, pretty wide-ranging, I guess. Mm-hmm. So um, It's mainly, well, you have, sort of have to be kind of a jack-of-all-trades, but it's mainly doing gallbladder surgeries, uh, hernia surgery, uh, taking out appendix, appendicitis, uh, we do upper and lower endoscopies, colonoscopies, and upper endoscopies. Um, you may want to describe what endoscopies are for some people that have never had one. It's a uh, colonoscope doing a, where you put, put a scope down into the stomach, you sedate the patient, mm-hmm. put a scope down into the stomach or the colon, depending on what you're looking for, to look for things like ulcers, polyps, colon cancers, things like that. Right. So it's a preventive thing that anybody would do. Yes, it's... Um, Mainly, like, one of the things we do a lot is uh, what we call screening colonoscopies, where we're looking, the current recommendation is when you get age 50, that everybody should have a screening colonoscopy to look for polyps that might turn into a, can- a colon cancer. Because if you can take them out before they turn into cancer, then you can prevent somebody from getting colon cancer. And it's a lot easier to prevent a cancer than it is to treat it once it occurs. Right, right. Yeah, I mean, the colon cancer is the most preventable it's uh, yes, one of, there, one of the most is, preventable yes. cancers mm-hmm. that uh, we have right now if people will get their screening colonoscopies and follow-ups done. Right. And uh, it doesn't sound like a pleasant experience, uh, but really as a patient, you feel nothing when you go in for, for that exam. That's true. The, the worst part of the whole experience is doing the bowel prep to clean your colon out the mm-hmm. day before because to actually do the procedure – we sedate you. You're still breathing on your own, uh, but you're completely asleep. You don't know what's going on. It doesn't hurt. Uh, you wake up after the procedure's done, and everything's over, and you go home. Mm-hmm. Yeah, same day. Yeah. You have to come in in the morning and go home that afternoon pretty much. So Yep. It's a good deal. Yeah, and then if you go the same day like I had it at our nice new surgery center, it's kind of pleasant. Well, good, good. Yeah, that, I, I wanted to say that I think that's one of the things that really impressed me about the hospital here and Mr. Spellman was the fact that several years ago they basically lost their OR. Mm-hmm. Uh, <coughs> we remember that well. Yeah. And yeah. for a lot of little hospitals, small-town hospitals, even for a big city hospital, that would be the kiss of death almost to have that happen to you. But this place survived it, uh, actually built a new OR that's probably as good as anything you're going to find up in Oklahoma City or Norman and is thriving now. And I, I think that speaks volumes to the support that the community gave the hospital and continues to do so and to Mr. Spellman's leadership. Right. Uh, a big uh, a countywide sales tax was passed to, to pay for that uh, OR and it's been Couple three years now, I guess. How, Longer than you think. Is that right? We right. had that election in 2016. Wow. George, we're getting okay. older. Yeah, five years. My five goodness. Years. <laughs> and we had COVID between then. Yeah. We've had lots of activity between then. But yes, you're right. That it was a huge community, and we still thank the community for helping us. And now we're trying to return the factor by bringing good doctors in, like Doctor Buchanan, to to serve them when nobody wants to have an emergency surgery, a car accident. Something terrible happens, but it's nice to know that if you do have to come in in the middle of the night, that you've got seasoned professionals to take care of you. So what's your typical shift? Do you have a 12-hour shift, 24? No, we, we really don't do shit. I mean, it's 
I'm on call, and Dr. Patel and I are on call uh, sort of 24 hours. Mm-hmm. And But I basically go to the hospital every day, see, you know, patients in the clinic, um, do patient, you know, surgeries or whatever mm-hmm. I've got scheduled. Um, of course, right now I'm just getting started, so I haven't, I'm not all that busy to begin with, but it takes a while to get up and running. Right. So. Um, and just talk about uh, some of your interests outside of uh, surgery and uh, that. Um, I like to fish. Um, Anything particular? Uh, well, bass, catfish, mm-hmm. crappie. Uh, and I like to uh, play with computers, read, uh, watch movies, uh, go out and eat with friends, that sort of thing. What are you reading right now? Uh, I'm reading a book called Shadow and Bone. And who's the author? Do we know? Uh, Lee Braggad, I can't remember, B-R-A-G-D-O-U or something like that. Okay. last name. All right. It's a series on TV, too. Oh. They're making a made movie, TV oh. series out of it. We'll have to look for that, I guess. Very good. All right. Uh, so, uh, Keen, let's just talk a little bit about more about what's going on at the hospital mm-hmm. and... Um, uh, had to go through some adjustments with COVID. Oh yes, the, yes. As, as has everybody. So it has definitely been uh, uh, an experience. I'm glad the country's coming out of it, mm-hmm. and Oklahoma in particular. Um, yes, now we're pretty much uh, you know all of our services are wide open. People have uh, have dropped. We, everyone should have some precautions, but you know the fear of this virus is dramatically reduced. So um, we're now we have all of our waiting rooms basically available now. We have uh, very r- relatively low COVID cases, but it is still in the community. So all of my leadership doctors are wanting to encourage people when we have you come to the hospital. We're still people wearing masks, although the wide wide majority of our employees, especially our full time employees, are vaccinated and have been for many months. And that's what's really making this in our state better. You know, the vaccination rates are as good as most any state. Um, we still need to have a long way to go. So because we were not in, uh, inoculating all of our existing patients on, an, on, a, on a preferred basis every month, now we have converted to every Friday morning beginning at 8.30. We're giving vaccinations on the Moderna version every Friday uh, beginning at 8.30, walk-in only, no appointment needed. And that's good. So I want to encourage your listeners, if they're not vaccinated, uh, to come get vaccinated. It's free. and just walk in. It doesn't take a lot of time. Uh, uh, we have many, many compliments of the patients of how we do our vaccination clinic. It's fast. It's thorough. Uh, we make sure you're, you're in good shape. And if uh, any patients have some concern about the vaccine, there's a lot of misinformation out there. Uh, all of my physicians and my uh, mid-level practitioners have uh, Pledge they'll listen to everyone and talk to them about their concerns, and uh, can guarantee you that uh, if you're if you're open-minded and reasonable, my doctors can t- answer all the questions you have about this vaccine or many of my leadership nurses to boot. So right, uh, just got news uh, last week. You're going to have uh, some Johnson and Johnson vaccines on Wednesday. So uh, probably by the time this airs, those appointments are already filled up because you only had like a, a hundred doses for right. Johnson and Johnson. Yeah, because J and J had that pause, and now they rev- revoked that. So we're right. screening people. So some patients 
They just don't like shots. I mean, who who can blame them, right? But uh, the Johnson & Johnson vaccine, we have it on Wednesday. We're restarting that up on the 5th. So we, um, Brad Warden is our, our vaccine guru up at the hospital. Most of you guys know uh, RN Warden, who's an infection control specialist. We order the vaccines in advance because we don't want to waste any doses. And so that's what we're doing. We're having the Friday is Moderna. And then we have a limited number of J&J vaccines that we're going to vent out Wednesday. And we're trying to determine how we're going to, if we're going to continue to order one of each version. Mm-hmm. But that's what we're doing. Good. Thanks, George. Right. Very good. Uh, let's talk about uh, the the development of the hospital. And I know some plans had to be put on hold because of, of COVID as far as the pediatric unit and yes. things of that nature. Yes. So now we're having to kind of regroup. Uh, as most of uh, Oklahomans here in our, in our community know, um, the, uh, the COVID uh, disaster combined with, I think, uh, uh, the oil and gas bust, our economy is not in great shape. We're all trying to figure out where we're going. Uh, most of your listeners know that the the whole project that we had to build the pediatric space was based on our sales tax that we had to build the hospital. As many of your listeners may not know, we did this. It was a 20-year sales tax, mm-hmm. a fairly small amount uh, to spread it out over 20 years. But our hope was is that as our economy grew, we could use it to replace air conditioners and all the equipment that that 60-year-old building needs. Well, Part of that uh, challenge is now our sales tax is below even what it costs us to service the debt on the new building. So that's not good. So we're like every other uh, governmental entity. We're, we're kind of struggling with that. So we're, we're needing to get, uh, get people to come back to the facility, see good doctors like Dr. Buchanan, see our other physicians use health care because still people are a little bit hesitant to come back to health care. There's that worry and so uh, our overall volume is much better than it used to be, but we need um, to kind of get back to normal. And part of that normal is see if we can help our own economy get better. Mm. And, and healthcare is a part of that economy, but not the driver. You know, oil and gas and businesses and normal stores there that what drives our economy. And uh, we we're doing everything we can to support that. Let's talk about uh, the foundation a little bit. You've got a big uh, campaign that's going to be starting here very, very soon, and I know you're excited about that. Yeah, that's uh, the foundation is the fundraising arm of the, of the hospital. It's uh, separate and distinct, and what we're trying to do is because of the fact that the sales tax is not generating enough revenue to provide for any of our capital equipment right now, we hope it gets better, but that we're going to be kicking off a big campaign, and once the uh, – the, uh, Board meets Wednesday. The foundation board. We're get, we're driving. We're doing a new membership drive to have a broader membership of the foundation. Kind of explain our mission, what we're trying to do to support the physicians and nurses uh, with needed medical equipment, and that big campaign. Once the board approves it, we'll be announcing that in a big way as soon as it's uh, approved. The idea is that uh, to kind of communicate to people that while we do have that great sales tax support. It's not going to cover all the needs of major needed medical equipment. And unfortunately, medical equipment is very expensive. No doubt. Uh, also, there's kind of a one-day deal coming up, right? Uh, the Cinco de Mayo? Cinco de Mayo. is mm-hmm. going to, We're going to have an online auction to support the goals of the foundation. And it's new. We've never done this before. And so uh, Emily Miracle, and she's got that great name for somebody who's helping us yes. with the foundation. We hope that she can pull off a miracle here. We're going to do an online auction to raise money for medical equipment with the foundation, and that's happening on Cinco de Mayo. We thought it would be easy to remember. All right, coming up uh, this next week. Uh, Dr. Bob, have you been looking at some of the items that uh, are up for bid? 
Uh, I think my wife has looked online. Okay, good for her. <laughs> she's uh, she's retired now, so her main hobby is spending money. Now. I see. Well, everybody needs that hobby. <laughs> so just get, they can go to the website. To, to the, yes, to, if you just go to the you know the website of the hospital, Grady M E M, short for Memorial right. dot org, and you can see the link to the foundation, and then you just go ahead and find the uh, the online items. So it's it's uh, we hope people. Uh, Get online and kind of see what we have there. Because it's one, it's just one day. It's right? one day. You can go look at the items. It's like now. a silent auction, but it's electronic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And people have been used to that uh, since COVID kind of took over things. So uh, looking forward to that. And because there's, there's like vacation destinations. You bet. We have a lot of nice equipment. It's I guess. very, and, it's very uh, robust. Mm -hmm. uh, and so you know, we always support charities. George, you sure. do too. Mm -hmm. I know you're a big, but. Uh, it's like we have an unlimited amount of things because we do it online. And so we, we are, we're, we're, the things we picked out for this particular auction, we hope people uh, will bid up on them and get them because uh, it's an experiment, but I bet it'll be successful. I think it will be. So Cinco de Mayo, the online auction for the Grady Memorial Hospital Foundation, GradyMEM.org. Dr. Bob, any final comments you'd like to make this morning? Again, welcome to Chickasha. We're glad you're, you're here and hope you're here for a long time. Well, I've enjoyed the chance to talk to the listeners and to you, and uh, I really enjoy being here in Chickasha, and I'm going to do the best I can to make things work out and send me a lot of patients. Come <laughs> see me, and I'll take care of All you. All right, sounds great. Dr. Uh, Bob Buchanan, the new uh, general surgeon at Greater Memorial Hospital. Keen, again, thanks to you as well for coming. Anything else you'd like to add? No, just thank you, George, and the radio station for your great support. You've always been super to us, and we appreciate it.